Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for fans of the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight is Game of Thrones, episode 509. Uh, director was David Nutter, and of course the writer was D&D, but there was a surprise entry on the writing part I will tell you about later. Uh, I guess semi-spoilers? I don't know. I'll, I'll throw it in there later. But okay. anyway, well, what were your thoughts, bro? Uh, mixed feelings on this episode, really. No um, doubt. Uh, I mean, obviously, there was some devastation and some badassery at the end, but um, I don't know. There's a few things that kind of uh, I've noticed through the season, I think I've kind of been able to slide until this point, and that's kind of the speed of which things are happening, where I don't know, I feel like some decisions are being made real quick. Remember we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with how fast Danny took Tyrion in, and yeah, okay, it was oh, a, yeah, I know exactly what you're right, talking about. So, I'm just talking about like how quick some decisions are being made. Like Stannis from wonderful conversation with his daughter to telling Melisandre to F off to now. Two episodes later. Right. State. Yeah. So I guess my only concern this season has been they're having to compact so much book into these episodes that decisions are seeming too quick, you know. Yeah, you know, I even read that in some of the feedback where people were talking about how it felt like the show was hurrying uh, hurrying up to close within the next two seasons, like they've said in the past, they want to finish with seven. Um, In which I enjoy partly, but I do think it's hurting what people have fell in love with the show for for the previous four seasons. Right, I think the show got started, which was slow, because, I mean, if you go back and watch the first season, it's a lot of dialogue and set up and stuff like that and i think yes that season obviously grasped a huge number of fans and everything but at some seasons we're like come on get on with it let's move the plot yeah, this season that. this season i feel like it's moved a ton but it seems like it's coming choppy because the decision making is so you know polar well, we get to know. something really exciting way way too fast in comparison to the previous seasons you know, I mean, like you said, new character collisions, um, big moments, da, da, da. You know, in the other seasons, sometimes it takes a whole season to get one. Now we're getting <clears throat> a lot of really big events or collisions of characters and different things of that nature within one whole season. Right. I think we're pretty much at the part in the books and in the show where there are no more small moments. Everything's big, you know. So I think condensing all that into 10-episode seasons, it, this is just kind of what we're going to have to look forward to, I think. Do you think it has anything to do with the source material running out? People, everything's <sighs> a big shock because nobody knows what's expected? I can't I can't use that as an excuse because Hard Home doesn't exist in the book. Hard Home is a place. There are some things going on there. But legitimately, the best episode of the entire series, because of the Hard Home scene mainly... Was completely out of the book. Puff, right out yeah. of thin air. Thin air, yeah. Um, I agree with you. I thought the episode was great. Um, just a couple parts tear your heart out, you know. And I think that I don't want to take away from the episode because I think the episode was really, really good. I love how this it ended. I actually really enjoyed the the aria and the other parts. I enjoyed that we really didn't have to deal with Sansa. I, I kind of have. I like having a. A distance between episodes sometimes dealing with her um 
Uh, but overall, I, it was a good follow to last week. You know, I was really concerned that there was going to be a, a big letdown, but I think they uh, they know how to finish the episode to make you kind of go with a wow. You know, I mean, I I, I digged it overall. Uh, I don't have a problem with the overall episode. Like I said, this is more of a collection of things that I've I've come to realize about the season. I've I've truly enjoyed the season. You know, there's been some highs and lows and stuff like that, but this episode. I think mainly because of the Shireen deal, um, because that's been such a bipolar flip-flop, you know, decision-making that, I don't know, it kind of it like really shines a light on some of the other fast decision-making throughout the season. Oh, yeah. If there was, if there was ever a, a quintessential example of fast decision-making, that was it. Yeah, just kind of, I mean, I feel like they knew they had to get that in and we got to see some kind of, I would assume, some kind of fight with Winterfell. Yeah. Or at least the, well, the we'll, main we'll, thread of it. Yeah, we'll hit that in the predictions. Um, let's just get into the rundown so let's we can get it. to that part and then roll with it. Um, it opens up, and, of course, it's right there at Stennis' camp. It's harsh conditions. You can just see the snow, and uh, things are bleak at best. Um, Melisandre, she noticed something and goes outside with her little candle. And all of a sudden, you see about 20 tents light up in flames and a kind of a unique circle pattern around the camp. Um, and it's obvious, you know, you kind of get the point that uh, Ramsey and his men have, you know, done some sabotage and caused some problems. And uh, it's well, just, it's, it's very demoralizing, you can tell. Well, they burn up the food tents and the siege weapons. And then not only that, you know, how about the flaming horses running through the scene? Is that not way to open an episode? Awesome CG. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Well done. Uh, it was, it was kind of like, wow, what, you know, it was really kind of a step up because, you know, you didn't really expect that to be happening. Yeah, there was some sabotage. We didn't expect to see all that. Uh, Melisandre's face was just kind of like watching it go by. She had almost zero emotion, like like she was expecting it. It was kind of strange. Well, she was in the tent when she kind of had a feeling, it seemed like, yeah. that something was happening. Um, Davos and Stannis are walking through the camp, and they're explaining their losses and so on. Um, Davos you know, basically looks at him and says, you know, we lost this and this. And Stannis says, well, who was on guard? Find them, chain them, and hang them. You know? Yeah, get the info out of them, then hang them. Yeah, because you know, either they're incompetent or they are part of it. You know? yeah. <laughs> either they were asleep or they were, you know, helping the enemy. Yeah. So. Um, and then Davos kind of hits him with a, you know, a punch of reality of is that because of this, we don't have enough to go back. Because of this, we don't have enough to go forward with our siege. Basically, like we're dead in the water. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, bro, the instant he said that, the instant I looked at my wife and said, Shireen's in trouble. And it just, it, it spelled it out for me. I was like, there was only one other option left. You know, I mean, you sit there, freeze to death, or exhaust your last option. Not to mention they just show Stannis staring at Melisandre and his wife. You yeah, know. it was... Like, I mean, they, uh, they telegraphed it, but I still admit, right up to that last moment, I thought they might do a little switcheroo of some kind. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, then we get a little short thing of John and all the wildlings, and Juan Juan, my, my man Juan Juan, <laughs> walk up to the gate, and they proved me wrong. I was predicting... 
old dick Alistair there, whatever, to just be a dick, but he didn't. He, uh, he gave him the death stare for about a good eight seconds. and uh, It's cold as shit out here. You yeah. can open that up. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you notice that I kind of funny that John, like that sigh of relief. You oh, know, yeah. Absolutely. There was, there was some doubt. There was. I don't think he ever is 100%, you know, you know, has 100% of the faith, you know what I mean, yeah. in his men. Yeah. No, it was it was something else, uh, you know. And so then it shows them all walking through, and everybody's just kind of staring at him, and you know, like everybody's got the stink eye at all of them. And um, and then Juan Juan walks in, and everybody's like, you know, catches oh. their breath. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Uh, and then of course two things happen. Uh, John makes a con- eye contact with Ollie. And Ollie kind of gives him this really look, and then John's expression is, is like concern. Well, he's smiling when he sees Ollie, and then Ollie gives him the stink eye and walks away, and then you see his expression drop. Yeah, you know, you know my first gut feeling was is that it went back to when we were talking about it, you know those decision making things with Sam. I thought Ollie was finna do something stupid. <laughs> I thought there was finna be an arrow go through Tormund or the the giant was gonna get you know shot and get oh. pissed off and start taking walls down. You know <laughs> that'd have been bad. Yeah, it'd, it'd been rough. Yes, but awesome. Um, but no, instead we get <laughs> Alistair. He he walks up to John. And he goes, you know, you've got a good heart. Let's get us all killed. You know, yeah. <laughs> I see them with the reality again. It's, uh, but you got to understand, though, I, in a way you can kind of see where he's coming from. He knows there's only 50 of them, and now there's 5,000 wildings who they've been fighting with for thousands of years. I mean, what is to stop the wildings from just cutting their throats in the sleep, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no doubt there. Um, oh yeah, let me pause for a second. I need to make a correction from last week's uh, airing. I said the um, we were talking about a scene where John was going through the fight and everything like that, and I compared it to the director of Gravity, which is actually the same director who did Children of Men, not Children of the Corn. That was what I said last week. <laughs> I, I, I got a little uh, feedback on that and a little correction. And, I want to put that out there before I had it up fresh in my brain. Nice. Um, anyway, it cuts back to uh, Stannis, and he asks for Davos to come up to his tent. Um, this just played more into that telegraphing where he's like, well, I want you to go, and I want you to go get fresh horses. Don't come back empty-handed. Da, da, da. You could send a squire. And, of course, he had a good answer for him, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but the whole time I was like, shit. She's dead. There's, they're finna, they're finna do something. They're getting the one person that would talk sense into him to not let this happen out of there. Or I think literally throw his, his life on the line. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, you know, and you see Davos leave his tent, and you see men standing there freezing with little food bowls. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's, it's rough. You yeah, can just tell the bread line and. Uh, he goes in the tent and he talks to Shereen and he, you know, gives her this amazing uh, deer uh, statue. The stag. Or stag, yeah. yeah. And uh, has a really good moment with her and so on. And I'm just like, I cannot believe they're finna kill this little girl. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, give me a break. I'm still, to this point, I'm still thinking, even though I, I have that feeling like you're saying, I still think they're going to have some kind of, you know, switcheroo. Make you think it's going this way, then go another way. 
I don't know why I think that. Yeah. It's not no. like this show, but. Foolish. Foolish. Yeah. Um, you see Jamie walking up to the prince and Dorn, uh, and they have a, you know, what would seem the decent conversation you know there's nothing like this is not hostile he explains why he's here what he did and what he received as a threat um it gets corroborated the girl says that my necklace was missing and everybody kind of gives the stink eye at the old mistress over there like yeah. we know who did this shit <laughs> why can't i remember her damn name i can't ever i can't remember her name um <sighs> So then Jamie sits down and goes, oh, some last meal, last drink before I get beheaded, and throws the rope at him. Oh, I can't behead you, you know. And yeah. then Mistress just kind of looks at him like, you're a puss. What's, what's going on here, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting, but he explained, you know. I, I think the prince has done a good job. of Every decision he's making, he's – He's giving you a good reason why you're not having to guess. You're you're seeing what his mentality, what his goals are, you know, where his brother exuberated so much more, you know, and more wildly. He's a much, much more um, level-headed, level-headed thinking. You know, see the you know. Okay, but let me ask you: Did you think that's all real? Like, you think that's? I mean, the whole stuff with like a toast to Tommen, and you know. Oh, no, 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 no. He is doing, he is doing what I called a little finger moment. He was putting pawns in place to where it was in the house of Lannister's court to make the bad decision that would cause the Dornish people. See, by doing what he did, he wasn't making a decision that perpetuated war. But he put his son in place, and then in that situation where if something were to happen to his son, it could create an outbreak where he's not starting the war, he is doing what his people would want in that situation. Yeah, but, I mean, it is his brother that was killed. I mean, he has, you know, right to vengeance, but his brother wasn't a trial by combat, so there really is no, no, nothing was wrong with what happened to Oberyn, actually. Uh, Think about it. But if something were to happen to his son and he was murdered or whatever, attacked, then yeah, I see what you're saying. But um, but I think you're right in most ways. I think he's a cunning man and is. Oh yeah, he you know he, he was a planned out. It was a I think it was genius. To be honest with you, because you know he made every decision he needed to. The only, the only one that's a little worrisome is is that you know you're putting your son in the lion's den of your most hated, you know, but now you're trying to create an ally for, you know. And you also have the fact that Marcella appears to be head over heels in love oh, with this guy. Oh, devoted. There's you no know, doubt. So, she is devoted to him. So she's kind of a human shield for him as well. Right. You know? Know, and Jamie sees that. And so it's not like he would, uh, you wouldn't want to destroy that you right. know, and be the person who creates that wedge between two power alliances. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was fine with all that. Um, uh, but Braun, I was like, Oh crap. What's going to go down now? I thought it would go worse for him. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the prince is like, well, we have a condition. Da, da, da. Well, Braun's down there in the jail and, you know, and the girls are playing this hand slap game, which I remember playing the other way, you know, where you put the two yeah, hands, hands on top are, of the other hands, you know, your top of your hands are facing up and down. Right. Right. I thought this was unnecessary. Um, this is silly. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see where it had any probative value. Did it show that they were just immature? You know, I mean, that's what it felt like to me. I think it was just kind of showing that 
they're yeah, I guess immature is kind of close to the, the word, but I don't know. It served no purpose. I mean, when you even see them later in the episode, I mean, it just, I didn't see where it went with that. I, I, it looked like filler to me of an episode that was already cut seven minutes short again. Yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen something else. You know, it was it was enough to see them standing there in handcuffs, uh, you know, in front of their mom as she bent the knee, basically. That would have been enough seeing them, you know, for the whole episode. Um, pulling Braun out, that was fine. They didn't even have to show Braun in the jail cell. They could have just showed him walking into the space with Ario Hota, you know, and that would have been enough. Okay. Well, you know, all right, so Braun, Braun comes up there and, you know, it's like he's fully expecting that he's not going to walk out of this place alive, yeah. you know. And uh, he goes in there and he goes, well, you know, Prince goes, well, my father has taught me much of mercy and so on. I'm like, okay, yeah. He goes, but uh, what did Bron- now, Bron- no, goes, Jamie said, that, that's a nice pie. You know, he goes, yeah. well, there's one condition, you know, and then he elbows him in the mouth and he goes, <laughs> maybe you should try the soup. <laughs> it, was a, it was some good little, that was yeah. our one comic relief, you know, I would say probably the old episode. Yes. Well, no, there was a little bit during the fighting pits, but. That was our better comic relief, I should say. Yeah, uh, I I, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, the uh, <laughs> I I really liked that part. It was it was nice. It was good to see Dorn and go in that direction. So I thought it was good. And let me say too, the set that they're in right there, beautiful. Oh, that was awesome. That's no doubt, awesome scene, awesome stage. You know, you know to have all this dialogue in. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Set. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I really agree with you. It, it was quintessential. It was a really good setup. The scene was right. Everything seemed realistic. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, goes back to Arya, um, and she's selling clams and cockles and all that stuff again. And um, she comes upon the uh, old skinny man there and checks her satchel for her little vase of whatever goodies are in that uh, little clear whatever vase. poisons in there. I'm guessing we're, yeah, we're guessing a poison. Um, and then out of the corner of her, you know, she walks up and then you think she's staring at the skinny man, but realistically she's staring at what's coming off the boat. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the Tyrells and what's the guard's name? Marin Trent. Marin Trent. And, uh, she just gives him the complete stare down. No try to hide it or anything. And Yeah, while the thin man's screaming at her yeah, for I mean, some she's oysters. complete tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't love the Aria stuff. Um, I like the Marin Trent stuff, the part where they're showing him in the, you know, in the whorehouse, and it's kind of disgusting how he is. Um, I thought Aria was just a little too... Uh, I don't know, just putting herself out there and, you know, conspicuous. And it just, I mean, they kept showing it. I mean, Trent just kept staring her right in her face and, yeah, and, and like, like putting two to together. Like, much. I know her, I know her, you know? And I was just like, she's playing this really dumb. Yeah, it was, it was too much. I think there was at least four or five times when they make eye contact in the episode. Yeah, and every time they show him kind of give a double take and, uh, and a, a, you know, you see the gears turning. Like, why well, do I know her? How many times do you realize you're being followed when you make eye contact? Like Absolutely. That was like four or five. That's what bothered me about this part. Well, and the thing of it is, too, is I'm wondering if that's going to, 
come to bite her in the ass in the next episode or whatever, you know? Like, he's going to be expecting it. I just, hell, I don't know. I don't want to think of him as that smart. You know, I like to think of him as a big, dumb brute who follows orders. But, I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool. I like to see Arya this close to somebody that's on our list. But, I don't like to see her be dumb all of a sudden. You know, it was for somebody who has moved up to the ranks of being given poison, kill somebody, da da da, and been training and teaching and learning to completely go into a complete tunnel vision of stupidity, be noticed four or five times, follow them into a whorehouse, the whole nine yards. It was like she's never, it was like the old Aria with zero training ever happened. Yeah, I don't know. I I was a little clumsy. I guess that's all I'd call it. You know, I don't. I just don't see her grabbing a tray of oysters and walking right into the whorehouse too, and just standing there staring at him through a thin veil. And you know, I just uh, I don't know. I like to, like I say, we we don't like seeing Sansa being weak anymore. I don't want to see Arya be, you know, stupid or you know, reckless. I want to see her be taking all the things she's learned and and applying them to eliminate someone yeah, off her list. It was zero cunning in this whole series. Yeah. And that's what hurt it more than anything. Yeah. And so and then of course Mary Trent not really, you know, how many times do you see somebody and you keep doing the double take? Uh, I don't know. It it definitely hurt the scene overall and I'm and I'm not a fan. And of course it shows Arya returning back to um, Jack Nagar and all and I thought for sure he was going to be like, you failed. You know, how was your visit to the whorehouse? Like he was going to know everything before she even has a chance to lie about it. Or he would talk to her and start slapping her around because she's lying because he knows when she's lying. But instead, it's just maybe tomorrow. Yeah, I don't. I think he knows. I think he does know. I think this is all just one big test. You know, I don't. So you think he knew these people would show up and she, he was going to see if she was going to complete, complete the mission no, or go be I, herself? I don't think it's that, but I think he knows that she's not telling the truth about her interaction with the thin man. Right. And knows that she's been gone all day. And, you know, he even said, I guess that's why we have another dead man, you know, and told her she had work to do. You know, she should have had one dead man, but it'd be the thin man. But instead, another one came in. And drank from the you know the pond, right? So um, it goes right back to Dorn, and you see the mistress. Um, well, you know the one thing I didn't mention about the last scene with Dorn is where you know she pours the wine on the ground to be disrespectful, yeah, and and then starts talking smack to you know the prince there, or not the prince, but the leader. And it's the prince. Uh, yeah, that's right, he's prince. Um, and he basically tells her, you know, yes, you're the mother of, you know, four of my nieces, but you talk to him that way again, you'll die. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I was like, hell yeah. You know? <laughs> so then of course this next scene, you see him, you know, pledge your allegiance or die. And, and you see the sand snakes over there. Yep. And, uh, I thought, you know, my prediction when I was watching this is that I thought she was going to like, no, I thought she was going to defy him. I thought for sure. Honestly, I thought she was going to try to attack him some kind of way, and the big bodyguard was going to put her down. Hotep. Yeah. Yeah. Get to see that axe cut somebody yeah, I was ready. right down the pipe. I was ready. 
Um, and I would have enjoyed it, honestly. Even though she's really done nothing wrong, you know, for me not to like her character. She has good reason to want revenge. I think she's an awesome actress, and she fits that part perfect. Where the oh. Sand Snakes are a joke. Um, the Hotep, I, I like him. I like I like all I like who they've cast for most all those spots. Yeah, I think she's on the money with that. Uh, she kisses the ring, you know, and that was the end of that, you know, uh, which was good. You know, uh, you know, maybe he also looks at her and says, you know, I've given you multiple chances, and you've done this, this, and this. there are no more chances. You know? No, I've given you two. There are no third. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Uh, I definitely like that. Um, then she goes and talks to Jamie, <laughs> cuts him up a little bit, and tells him, "You know, you write like a seven-year-old, and yeah. you know, he is writing left-handed now." And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and kind of throws a little bit out there of, you know, do you love her? And everybody, you know, you think she's talking about the um, the niece. Uh, you know, and my first thought was that she was talking to, like, you know, you love your daughter, like she knows, you know. But then she kind of was saying the same thing when she was talking about, well, you love, you know, Cersei, you know. You know, you shouldn't be judged for who you love, you know. Way back when, that wasn't an issue, wasn't a problem. Here at Dorne, that's just another day, you know, where you are. That's yeah. a, something to hide. Yeah, it's kind of like the right wing and the left wing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the funny thing is, is that Jamie didn't even try to defend or deflect. He just sat there and absorbed it and kind of had this look of, Okay, you know. I think he's almost kind of over it at this point. You know, he's hidden it so long. He realizes that he has no relationship whatsoever with his children, you know, including his daughter slash niece that he's trying to connect with now. You know, it. I don't know. I, I think he's just fed up with it at this point. You saw even when he walked into that first scene we were talking about, talking about her dress that was a little bit too scantily clad, you know, saying, you must be cold. He's like, no, the climate suits me well. You know, that's him just saying, you know, being a dad. Yeah. You know, cover that up. Yeah. (laughs) Leave a little to the imagination, will you? Yeah. You know, so, (laughs) you know, if you think of yourself in that position where you've never been allowed to be a parent to your children, you know, it's, it's got to be tough. Yeah. Always on the sideline. No, no doubt. Here's the, the next part. It's old Stannis talking to Serene, and it's I'm just over there gritting my teeth and going, "You better not, you bastard." Uh, <laughs> and of course, he's talking to her, and they're discussing the book, you know, the Dance of Dragons, and like she talked with uh, Davos, and uh, she talks about different parts of it. And Stannis kind of asks her a question of, you know, which one would you choose in, in this situation, or how would you? And she chose neither. And then he kind of, then he really laid it on thick with, you know, if there was a way to make a decision, but it would hurt others, basically. But it's a decision you'd have to make because it's the, you know, it's the only right decision for a person to fulfill their destiny. And yeah, and I'm over there going, son of a bitch, you are talking about killing your own daughter. Really? I mean, do you hear yourself, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she's fully given in. Just oh, like, she's like, I'm willing to help. I'll do whatever, whatever it takes. And, yeah. then, and then the hug. Yeah. I was like, I need a shower. I need a I bath. Need, oh, gosh. There was no way. And, uh, you know, she's like, I'll help. I'll help. And, 
And so then you see her, and she's just they're walking her up to the you know the stake, and I'm like, really? And don't forget, he says, "Forgive me," you know, in the hug and stuff. It's just like, oh man, oh brutal. And of course, she walks up, and Melisandre greets her, and she sees the stake, and she knows something's up, and she tries to run. She starts screaming for her dad, you know. And I am a parent, and I have a daughter. And this was gut-wrenching. I mean, absolute gut-wrenching. And there is four million feedbacks out there on the internet about how this was the main part of the scene. Forget about the dragon stuff at the end. Everybody's talking about how do you put your daughter on the stake. You know? Yeah, it's pretty much status is dead to me. Yeah. Everywhere. Just, for somebody, they've spent this entire season making a awesome character that you want to win you want to follow you want to be on your side they completely torpedo it in five (laughs) or ten minutes of you know of episode and turn him into the sorry mf bastard that he was in the beginning and it is such a letdown and here when i was talking about a third writer this part of the episode um r.r martin actually wrote this into the scene D and D did not. I really? actually I actually looked it up and I was talking about some different things and I just happened to see this little excerpt and I got on there and um Martin came out as, you know, some people were giving D and D a hard time and then Martin came up and was like, you know, I want y'all to know this was my idea, my decision and I asked them to put it in this way because it shows the it basically encap- encapsulates who Stannis is about his destiny and what he believes in is more important than anything, you know, and following that to the end and with no one around. And I was like, <gasps> you know, and so, you know, if you, people won't be mad out there, they don't be mad at D&D about writing it. No, no, no. Martin executively made this decision. So well. there you go. There's that third writer who came into the mix for this decision. Massive surprise because uh, she's still alive in the books. Yeah. So it's this was a surprise for me. I think it was a surprise for everybody. But well, here's the part that well, bothered it has to me. be. It's not in the books, so everybody knows. <clears throat> so the she lights the fire, and the whole time I'm thinking, Davos, Davos. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> come on, Davos. I want to hear that. I want to see that horse come through the crowd, chop off that log saver, ride off into the wintry sunset. But hell no. You know, he's over getting stuff from Castle Black, you know. But how about Stennis's look when he's looking at her and she's calling, Daddy, Daddy, please, Daddy. Yeah. And he's just, he Dead. looks like a zombie. Yeah, he looks he, terrible. He looks like a man departed. You know, he's our, he's dead inside. In my mind, he is. You cold yeah. son bitch, boy. You know. And then to be Celise Sh- Sh- that, you know, ends up screaming to get her down, you know. Oh, yeah, well, she's very, that made no sense to me. She's like, this is what we need to do. This is a proper sacrifice. This, this is the greater good. This is the right decision. You know, da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, she just takes off to try to stop it, you know. And Stennis doesn't even move. I'm yeah, like, I just, I think zero heart. Uh man, this is a rough scene, you know. And whoever did the, I guess it was her, did the screaming role. 
dude. Jeez. You know they what? don't show it, but this, they didn't have to. Uh, all the people out here who have been hating on the 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 Sansa rape part and all that stuff like that, this was 20 times more brutal to me than that situation. Just the screaming of a child being burned. That most horrific scene in Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's absolutely brutal and it doesn't even require a comparison to any other episodes or scenes, but sheesh. Well, I mentioned that because Blood a curdling. lot of the feedback, there's a lot of people out there going, where's the outrage now? You know. Well, give it time. We'll see. Yeah. There may be some. I'm going to move away from this Let's scene because I'm already depression. over it. Um, ugh. Then it goes right to the big fighting pits. It goes, it goes from one big boom to the next. You know, it has this aerial shot come up over the wall and comes over from the top, looking down, very gladiator-esque. Very pretty. You very know, pretty. very well done. You can tell it's a lot of CG, but very well done. Yep. Um, you know, it comes in there, and you, there's some things going on, and the people are pretty excited. goes through the whole setup of, you know, uh, people moving, talking. She's in there. She's kind of smiling, and... And then I guess like a what do we call it? like a grand maester or somebody comes out. No, grand maester. Not a maester. No. What do you call it? Um, like an announcer. You know, like you know, like somebody. Yeah. To, you know, are you ready to rumble? But in their version. Yeah. <laughs> in their version. <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, talks about the games and you know what we're going to do. And the first game was was it, was it you know size versus well, speed strength. Strength and size versus speed and agility. Right. And now before this happens, her guy she's supposed to marry is late. Yeah, his daughter shows up. Thought that was very strange, you know, and I have a little theory about that when we get moving a little bit. Okay. You know, um, and then when we get to this little part where they're getting ready to fight, yeah, I love the dialogue between him, uh, Dario, and, and uh, Tyrion. Tyrion <laughs> about how, you know, and Tyrion's just kind of sitting there every time they have a quip about the small guy versus yeah. the big guy. He's just, you know, and it's just, this facial expression is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was money. Um, you know, and they, you know, always, you know, you can bet on the small guy. You can always bet on the big guy. And they had their back and forth, back and forth. And Dario loses. You know, and Dario's mean, like always go with the quick. Yeah, I've faced many a big man, yeah. and all. This. And then he turns like, and you see the guy's daggers lopped off. <laughs> he's whipping his daggers around in his face. That's because you've never been in a fight, and yeah. be like, you know, yeah. I've seen all these muscles, but I always stick the knife where there's no muscle. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love when it, you know he gets dude gets his head chopped off. He just kind of walks off and just, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, just kind of stares off into the crowds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> conversation's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought that was really, really and th- good. and this is where right after that though, this is where Tyrion starts jabbing in on his oh, door yeah. too, and his door's too damn dumb to realize he's being cut. You know, because Tyrion's just, you know, got that smart dialogue, you know. Yeah. You know, when you, when you were watching the fight between the big guy and the little guy, big guy gets, like, slashed three, four, maybe five times. It just keeps on rolling, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know. It's kind of that tank mentality, you know, yeah. just kind of keep rolling. It was, it was, it was something I'm, I'm going to be honest. This, the fight choreography in the pits was not great to me. It was weak. It was weak in comparison. Only reason, the reason I'm saying that is not because of this fight, but mainly the next fight with Jorah. And that reason is when Jorah came out of the pit a couple episodes ago and just came in housing dudes, 
you know, left and right. Wasn't killing any of them, just housing them. Like, not a scratch on him, not even a, a slight battle for him to just whoop the shit out of all those guys. And then this one, he gets knocked down, what, three times? Rolled in the oh, dirt? Oh, if not more. Yeah, he gets sliced, he gets knocked, you know. And then there's, of course, the dumb thing where a guy's standing over him with a blade and stuff, and I, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean... It's like monologuing, kind of, you know, yeah. I just... Yeah, it's like a, it's like your arch villain has to talk to you thirty minutes before he pulls the trigger instead of just going and pulling the trigger. Right, and it's just tough after last week's episode, which had such awesome fight choreography and and you know cinematography, and you know where the camera's following, and it's just like then to well, go to this. Well, if you now if you look about this, if you do comparison, if you remember when he went to that first pit, these were a bunch of hobos that were fighting to have one spot to go into the pit. So these are your novice fighters. And George, yeah, he came in there, he took care of business. Now, when he got into that fight with the other ones, those were supposed the best of each of their groups. And then there was even a grand champion in there. So he was fighting more elite fighters in that mix. You know, so that, and I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to create that, oh, you got to stop it before he dies. You know, and did that three or four times. You know, they were trying to create that drama and that fear that he's about to be toast. You know, and the funny thing is, is that I knew that's what they were doing, but for some reason, I always like he's not going to die. You know, I I thought for sure, but it never, I never had the inkling that he was going to die in battle. I just don't see him dying by some faceless man. You know, if Jorah goes down, it's going to be because he does something massively heroic, or a character we know kills him. You know what I mean? Some kind of way. I think he's. Either he runs into a massive crowd of bad people to try to protect her, and that's the way Jorah goes down, just in a, you know, throes of heroism, or whatever, yeah. you know. Heroism, that's the word I meant for. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still look at, like, okay, so Jorah was the best of that group. These other four guys were the best of their group. This was the second fight. How short are the great games? I know it. I'm just like, oh, so we had one one-on-one, and then it was the melee of the five best or six best or whatever it was. What would they have planned after this? Yeah, what was next? You know? So I'm just like, the choreography and, I don't know, just I guess some of the thought that went into the games themselves were a little lacking to me. Trust me. I agree with that. I think it was made up for by the following scene. It's just... I mean, that was kind of built up to be like, it's the great games, and this is going to be you know, a spectacle, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I was, exp- you know, we needed to see something. Like, even when you watch Gladiator, you know, and I, I, I hate to keep comparing, but if you look at the place and what they're doing, it's basically what it is, just their version of it. You know, even then, it showed, like, you had uppers and lowers, and, you know, the slaves were slaughtered. Yeah, the chariots. Remember the chariots yeah, with the you blades? Know, and and their entertainment was watching people get you know chewed in half or killed and da 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 da. And so in this one, one on one combat, you know, six people, you know, round robin, what do you want to call it? And it was there was no it greatness to it whatsoever. It was very low key. It just needed to be a bigger spectacle to me. Like I gotta, I could have removed, like you say, the sand snake part. And added a minute or two of just hell. I don't know another some, game. Something. Some lions chasing some people around, yeah, or um, you know, some chariot racing, or just something. 
you know, some archery or whatever. I don't care. Just, like, make that seem like that six-man melee was a bigger event. You well, know? Not only that, they only introduced, like, one of the fighters. You know, and you know one of the fighters was, like, looked like a caveman. One looked like a Darvithraki. Or like that. And you don't even know who they are until you see them get sliced in half or killed. Yeah, you, mainly you just hear them talking that same speech that every one of them gave. And then you see when Jorah's speaking, she picks up on his voice and realizes it's him. You know, which is fine. I liked that. I thought that was cool. But, like I said, I just thought the great games weren't so great. They were just kind of the games. Yeah, they were mediocre. There the mediocre games. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So... Um, so Jorah starts battling, and there's six of them, and then you know three of them go down, and he begins to battle a guy who has a it's like a fencer, like a rapier, yeah, a very thin blade. You know, I thought he had the needle in his hand at one time, a and, long needle. Basically. And uh, uh, it, to my mind, Jorah looks outmatched. The guy was quicker, faster, knocking his stuff. No around, doubt, no doubt. Um, slashed his arm, stuck him once. You know. Um, and then, uh, you know, he was uh, on the ground, defenseless, and the guy had the sword to him. And, of course, did the typical, you know, generic thing where bad guys do. They overlook their guy and get this moment of, I've got you. How do you like this? And then before he does it, the guy stabs him in the back, you know. Well, I will say they all looked at the queen before they killed someone. You know, and she's supposed to give the yay or nay on whether or not to kill. But it just took too long. You know, yeah, that should have been like a couple seconds. They make a decision, and then maybe have him going up to stab him, and then he gets stabbed in the back. But instead, he's just sitting there holding it over him, and then some guy stabs him in the back with yeah, a spear. It was, it was too convenient. You know, and I know there was that whole, you know, Tyrion's like, "You can stop it. You can stop it now. You can, you know." And she's still frozen and paused, and I'm supposed to have drama, but. I mean, you see a picture of Jorah looking at the blade and looking up, and you see her, and you go back to Jorah looking at him looking up, and you go back to her, and you go back to this guy, and then he lifts the sword up, and then you look at her, and then it goes back, and then he gets stabbed. I mean, I sat there and counted it. It was like three flashes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was like, you're bleeding the moment here, okay? (laughs) Uh, Give me a break. Yeah, they just just drug it out too long. Yeah. And then the battle with the spear guy, well, that was about five seconds. Yeah, you know, this guy This guy with this needle right here whipping his ass and is about to kill him. Spear guy comes in there who, you know. That's pretty good at first. That's good first. And then George does this, you know, roll on the ground, stab you through your chest, and walks away like he's Johnny Badass. And, you know. I and mean, then has to stare at her. Do you want me to kill him? You know, pulls a spear and about to stick him, obviously. You know, then a cool moment. Oh, yeah. And he takes a spear and throws it. And I was like, no, he's not throwing it at her. <laughs> I was like, no, he ain't. I said, Jorah, look, man, I've been, I've been praying that you're going to stay alive in this game. Uh, you throwing spears at home, girl, you toast. You or know. at least throw it at his dar. Yeah. You I know. mean, give me a break. But no, he hits a, a harpy, you know, and takes him down. And, and Dario just kind of looks around like, holy crap. We were sitting there staring at this fight. And he was right behind realized us. that this guy was a foot or two away from killing the queen. All right. I thought this was a really cool, chilling scene where Dude. you start seeing it in the crowd. Well, not only that, like you notice the music quit. Yeah. Like everybody kind of just turned and it was slow-mo. And, and you hear the tinking like of their their masks. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It was. This is one time I can tell you that the audio and the perception, and it kind of slowed down a second. You realized you were in deep shit. Yeah, cause because they just you, like you turned and looked all through the crowd. There was masks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then they started standing up, and they were slicing folks' throats. It didn't matter who they were. Masters, slaves alike. It looked like you know. So that's the one thing I had a question about, and I didn't know. It's like, I mean, there was. There was a master. I was watching his throat get cut. There was a woman who was dressed really well. She was getting her throat cut and stabbed. Stabbed? Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. It was. And I was like, whoa. And then they were just killing. And then slaves were dying. And it was yep. just. It was like kill anyone. You know, it was really off the cuff. I didn't I didn't understand that at all. Um, and then they started attacking and coming with that. And, of course, Dario. Man, and Homeboy's bad, man. Badass. I mean, he's whoop, whoop, whoop. You know, it was three or four down. It was, it was no problem. And uh, Jor gets up there, and he, you know, he starts, you know, taking care of business, and he stick, extends the olive branch, puts the hand out there, and she takes it. And, and I'm like, you know, the, you know, the fest hat thing goes to my mind. Welcome business. to Grayscale. Grayscale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like God, beautiful Amanda Clark. Oh, turn some nasty. shit on your lips. Got some shit on its lips. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't rub your nose. Anyway. Um, and then uh, you know the, and then there's just scene after scene of people get stabbed, and then this is where I was like, that son of a bitch, the guy she's supposed to marry, he was part of this setup, and then four seconds later he takes a couple <laughs> stabs in the chest. I mean, severe stabbing. You know, but I still think he was a part of it. I just think he was collateral damage in the siege. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't know. So uh, I think if he's not the one moving the pawns. That he was still a part of it and didn't realize that he was going to be caught in the jet wash too, you know? Right. Like, like the, the guy. He was part of the plan, but he, was, he wasn't part of the plan that knew he wasn't going to make it. <laughs> right. It's kind of like those things where it's like, yeah, help me, help me, help me. No witnesses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, so I feel like it was just kind of a cleaning house, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, all right, you got us to where we need you right here. You know. Exactly. Dead man tell no okay. tales. Is it me or are we running out of unsullied? Okay. She had eight thousand unsullied, right? Wasn't that the number? I think so. What she got? Fifteen now? I mean Does that look like about she had? We are thin, <laughs> Jack. I mean, I mean are they all laid up uh, watching Grey Worm somewhere? I mean, I mean, I don't understand. They're, they've done they, I just they've done a poor job with the unsullied and the Dothraki she had left. Because they's gone. All of them. I don't know where they are. Why on earth does she have a skeleton crew watching her? I just no, There was it. a lot of Unsullied in the crowd. And they did show some of them getting killed. But I guess that means all of them got killed? Or most of them got killed? It didn't look like... But like 10 or 15 were left around her. And they, they were, were getting... When it got pushed to the center... What did she have? Like eight of them? Maybe. Plus Dario, plus Jorah, and Tyrion, Emma Sandy. Yeah. That was the that was the mix. Surrounded by 100, probably? Yeah, if not more. Yeah. And I'm just like, there was more people in the center than half the Coliseum. Yeah, it was bad. It was... I just, I don't know what they're doing necessarily. I mean, maybe there's still a lot of them out patrolling the streets, and they all can't be at the Great Games. Eight thousand to fifteen. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, I really don't know. Because really every episode that something happens, or there's trouble, or this other stuff, 
it's always like they're always outnumbered and they always get slaughtered. And it'd be the best fighting force in all the land, you know, with sword, spear, and shield. You know, they just get their asses handed to them a lot lately. Yeah, I mean... The Dothraki were, you know, screamers. They were badasses. But where are they now? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's just... I don't know, man. Uh, Jorah didn't put up much of a fight, you know, when he got with six other good fighters or five other good fighters. So she's mainly got Dario. Yeah, this Dario. I mean, Tyrion got him a kill. He got him a kill. Hey, but look at Dario. He was like smiling and cheesing, like hell yeah, this is what I live for. Yeah, you know, yeah, you were, there was he was a true. He was ready to take on that whole hundred. In the yeah, crowd. he was. Of course, you know, and I was thinking, you know, when they were looking at each other and she grabbed the hand of the other, I was like, one of two things is happening: she's kissing her ass goodbye, or that dragon's going to show up. And that was on my mind. And of course, you hear Dragon come on, uh, come into the mix. And I was like, "This is what we needed to see." Yeah. You know, Danny's not going to fall here. You know, they'll all die around her before she'll go. I just, I knew that. And I was like, "What's the one thing that could save her ass?" And that, there ain't no doubt, Dragon. Did you think she would climb on his back? No, I did not see that coming. I thought Dragon was just going to clean house. Drogon. Drogon. Um, I thought he was just going to clean house. Which he did. I mean, he did. But the way they showed him, you know, burning everybody up like that, it's like he was only hitting five or six, and then the other 80 were still spearing him. He'd hit five or six, and he'd take a few more spears. You know, it wasn't like I was expecting him to just do a wave, a wall of fire. Because you remember when all three of them were flying around and they they torched that whole city where the Unsullied were, I mean – in five seconds, anything and everything was on fire. Don't get me wrong, it was three dragons now. Yeah. But that was a huge surrounding wall city. This one, and this was a confined area of a Coliseum. To me, he does a 360 of flames. They walk out of there with nothing but crispy things to walk on. Yeah. And I don't, honestly, I don't want to seem like I'm complaining about this scene because I'm not. This was really fun. Him clamping down Jurassic Park style. Shaking that body apart. Oh, yeah. And tearing it in and half. Just tearing and it apart. It. The blood you splatter know. on the wall. Anytime he bit somebody, that was awesome. And anytime he lit something on fire, awesome. He looks awesome. He looks terrifying. But it was weird. I'm not complaining at all. But when he bites that guy and it's like shake him and tear him in half, he looks huge. Yeah. But then the other times you see him sometimes, he looks much smaller. Even when Danny walks up to him and pulls a spear, like. He screams in her in her face, but her his mouth doesn't look much bigger than her. Right, but when you when you saw him bite, homeboy, he looked like a tyrannosaur. Yeah, it looked like we were watching Jurassic Park. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I'm, there were some people like that. His size it was fluctuating in the scenes. It was a little bit, I think. Um, yeah. but shit, it looked awesome. It's just, I don't know. I think it, I think that's really hard to do. You know. Well, we're just so detail oriented, but. The scene itself was awesome. When he lit Joker's on fire, we were pumping our fists. I mean, that has awesome. to be stunt actors being lit on fire. Yeah, it it's was it too was pretty close sweet. to real. You know, uh, I was really impressed by that. You know, and I was also impressed that you saw him throwing spears at the dragon. You know, oh, I yeah. was kind of expecting people just to flee. You know, you see the dragon land and take a couple of them. A lot did flee. You know, but, you know, it showed them that they were still attacking and so on. Um, and then the never-ending story moment. Paul's in there, and she climbs on his back. The only thing missing is the white dog. 
Falgor. Falgor. Atreyu. Yeah. Okay. This CG was not so good. No, it was not. Now, when it get when she gets past the wall and you see the pyramid, that was kind of a cool backdrop. I won't. I will say that. But this is hard. You could clearly tell she was just like laying on a wood plank, holding onto a peg with a fan blowing across her. Yeah. <laughs> This is, I, I'm not going to give him too much shit because this has to be so hard to try to CG. Right. Well, did you notice the spines on that dragon? Probably cut you in half just by Oh, my by gosh. Did you, I hope she has some draws on. I mean, <laughs> no. homegirl, you better have be laying on your side. I mean, no, she needed to ride sad saddle or something because them spines look brutal. Yes. I just, I didn't see no, I didn't see anywhere I could grab it. This wasn't training a dragon, <laughs> you know, on you know, Disney Pixar or anything. This was. Oh God! Yeah, now this looked like a a monster that yeah, she was, was grabbing a hold of. It I had mean, like a hole in his wing and stuff. I mean, it, the dragons look so badass. I'm you not can definitely tell they've taken the time. I mean, his face of a dragon. It was so spiny, so deadly. The eyes, they yeah. like that. It they went the extra mile. And no, it hits it hits on all cylinders when yeah, the dragons around. It was really good. Um, and the, the little thing they gave it with like the kind of like a rattlesnake or that the, the other dinosaur from Jurassic Park with the flip up wings on its neck and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, like the, the gills. Like yeah, they feet. like it like flares out when it's angry and stuff. It's like, man, they really put the detail in Yeah, and gave it its out. own personality. It's super cool, man. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, when the, and of course... <sighs> You know, we're beating this up. We're beating this scene up, but you know the dra- the dragon. You know it shows like it takes several spans to get like some airlift to get going. Yeah. I like that. I like, had to run like, a little way. Just an automatic yep. see you by. Uh, it was good, and she takes off. And of course, you know uh, it's a little rough to watch her ride off. But anyway, it shows everybody just kind of looking up and staring. You know, and I'm just kind of like waiting for Miss Andy to battle over. You know, on the <laughs> ground, people. Yeah, really. I was kind of, I was kind of wondering if they were finna see uh, a couple of her people, you know, start going down, and she's gonna have to whirl around and do a, a flame pass or something. Yeah. But instead, and, uh, it just she flies off and credits. Yeah, and uh, Dario's down one sword because he it, threw one across the whole map. Yeah, <laughs> and stab a guy. Uh, so he's down to one blade now. I was kind of like, mm. I mean, does everybody stop fighting because the queen's gone now? Well, it's just like what happened with Jora. He had to throw a spear at one because everybody was focused on something, you know, that wasn't in the, you know, main concern. And, uh, yeah. At any point, they could have just walked up and speared him while they are staring up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, she's holding Miss Sandy's hand for one second, and then it's like, peace, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Holla, you know. Love you. You know. Sorry about your luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, is Worm down for the count? He needs to be down for a while. That dude took a pretty brutal well, he, did take, he did take a knife in the ribs. It probably hurts to breathe. I mean, he took several <laughs> several painful blows. Yeah. Um, but, hey, Jorah needs to have some downtime, too, what we're talking about, because he yeah. took a few. Yeah, his arm got slashed. He got poked. He got, you know, his leg got hit. I mean, but, you know, there with, you go. With no newest born and anesthetics and... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, no joke. Um, well, it rolled credits, and that was around fifty-three minutes. I mentioned it earlier. I was yeah, I was another surprised. seven minutes shy. I was really surprised it ended up short. 
since especially since episode eight was a little bit long. So yeah. I don't know. It's like to compensate sometimes. I don't. I don't know. You know, when they edit these things together, you know, I think it comes out where it comes out, and you know, if it looks right, they gotta leave it there. So. <clears throat> yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, let's. Uh, I think that, that was like I said. That was credits. Let's uh, roll right into the next part. What would you say your best and worst was? Uh, best Drogon. I'd still say you know, he he looks awesome. It's great to see him tearing people apart and burning people up. You have no problem with that. Worst. I mean, I think it's a hundred percent wash for Stannis being a shithead. Yeah. Uh, I'm good with that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I hate to tell you, the worst part to me was Arya. You know, okay, uh, worst show thing would be Arya, just because you don't want to see her. Yeah, the worst part of the episode was her doing getting noticed five times, following this guy into a whorehouse, the whole nine yards. It was it was a total blah. You know, you can you know, and then right after that, I would say the sand snakes and their hand slapping, but you know. You know, I, I hate to say this, and I don't take this the wrong way. Anybody listening is, is that I'm a parent, and I thought the burning of the child was absolutely horrific. But we're talking about it a ton because it was a major scene that was done well. And I, and I know that's hard oh, to say, no. but the reality of it is, is that the reason you were gut wrenched and your heart was, and you are so mad at Stannis like everybody else is right now, is because the show was well written right there well executed Stennis acted you know the actor was on point with how he did things the whole setup with Davos you know the screaming the gut wrenching you know the, the way he looked like a zombie that was a shell of a man I mean you gotta you put all that stuff like that this is a really really well executed scene in the show and I, I, I dare to say believe it or not this is probably the best part because even though it was telegraphed a little bit the way it was set up, the way it made you fear the tense, the drama, like you're, you're expecting somebody to come save, you're, you're, you're hoping for the best, and then all of a sudden it's just nothing but screaming. And it's that crash, you know, where if you compare that to the part where Jorah's fitting to die, and they do flashback, flash here, flash her face, back to Jorah, back to flash, back, you know, you're just like, get it over with already. I mean, good <laughs> Lord, stab the sucker or go cut your own throat. And... So that was why I say I think that's one of the best parts, even though it was one of the toughest to watch and probably the most horrifying, especially anyone watching the show, the season has come out with. Um, that's what I'd go with that. You know, Arya and her, you know, her part in this show was the worst part in my mind. It was just way too much getting noticed and following. I mean, come on. I mean, how many times you got to be seen? You know, know something's up with that. So. Ugh. Um, farewells. Do we have anybody go down this episode? I mean, actually, yeah. Well, of course, we just talked about her. Yeah. Oh gosh. Shireen. Shireen. Uh, Holler. Let's just go ahead and say goodbye to old Shireen. Overall, I think she was a fantastic actress. I think the way she handled her part, I think the way she did everything, she makes everybody's heartstrings 
oh, know, yeah. just tear apart when that whole scene happened. Uh, like you said in the book, she's still alive. This is a shock. This is an you know unbelievable moment. Um, what a way to go out, you know. Oof. Uh, but uh, we will death. be sorely, sorely missed, and I think uh, your death is going to play a pivotal role in what happens in the future. Definitely, because from both sides of the coin, in my mind. Yeah, we'll get into it because I'm sure feedback has some yeah. of stuff. But. Um, so I'm gonna go with that on that. Um, and then the let's just go into some feedback. I think it's just yeah, let's roll, roll right into it. Um, Dave says. Um, that's kind of a, you know, he, he predicts, guys, what do you think? Now that Stannis has betrayed his own daughter in front of his men, do you think he'll actually take Winterfell? And if he does, do you think Sansa survives the battle? Yeah, that's a that's a lot in a question. Uh, I don't think Sansa has much to do with it, really, at this point yet. Um, do I think he'll take Winterfell? Man, no idea. It looks doubtful. With no food and no siege engines, um, with their men miserable, and I gotta oh, be honest, demoralizing. I mean, he just killed his daughter in front of all his men. I think, you know, he has about a fifty-fifty split in his men anyway. Of that, follow the Lord of the Light, and that just follow Stannis. You know, so I think he's okay on that front. But what's Davos gonna do when he gets back? What's Brienne gonna do when she finally sees him? You know, he's got two people that I would say he's really got to worry about. And not to mention the Winterfell and the Boltons. But, man, if Davos comes back and knows that's happened, I don't I don't think he puts up with it. I think he – I could you. easily see Davos killing him. I think <clears> – I think uh, – I don't want to say yet because I'm really predicting the future. But, yeah, I agree with you. Davos is going to be a real big character in the future of Stennis if they get back when he if he gets back with them. So I'm definitely with you on that. Um, Mike says there was some real shock factor in, in this episode. Do you think um, that the show has turned to not showing it and just letting you hear and imagine to be more intense, or do you think it was just because you don't want to show a child getting burned? probably gonna go the ladder on this one i think it's a little bit of both but you don't want to show a little well no that just like with the sansa situation in my mind sansa still looks like a teenager or a child you know i mean like in the first seasons and still one she you know they talk about how she hasn't bled yet and her different things of that nature and so on and uh, so i mean like they're just in my mind she still looks like just a big kid you know she's not an adult to me and course i mean she's a definitely a child so i think the idea of actually showing something like that would be too much yeah it was bad enough when theon just hung up two farm boys that were burnt to a crisp you know that was bad just to see that you know and to show it actually go down would be really brutal so it was bad enough as it was yeah Illyria says, guys, I hated, I hated to watch a girl get killed like this, but I hate to say this. My one real question that I have for you guys is, how in the hell did Daenerys stay on that dragon with all those spines? <laughs> yeah, I think we've already got into this. I think so. we kind of dived into this a little bit. You know, um, she, yeah, no, I think that would uh, definitely hurt. Um, I don't see it. 
being a comfortable ride. I don't see it riding anyway. I think the whole shot was uh, a little <laughs> a little off, uh, you know, best way I could say. But it's still exciting because, you know, the Targaryens of old were dragon riders. They were the ones that conquered, you know, Westeros riding a dragon into war. So good to see one finally riding a dragon again. Yeah. I look forward to seeing who the other two are going to be ridden by. Um, we had a uh, Melanie emailed in and was asking a question. She was concerned about Stennis and the conversation with the daughter. Um, she asks, you know, what were they discussing and how does that create a, uh, you know, how does that create a parallel to what happened in the show? Um, what, what, what were they discussing? Uh, I know they were talking about the book, the dance of the dragons, but what was, what was the questioning that he was asking? Just her? the two sides that were fighting in the book. And he asked, whose side would you have taken? And she said, neither. You know, because both, it didn't matter who won. It created all the devastation of how many people died and all the war and stuff like that. And it didn't really solve anything. So that's why she chose neither. Yeah. Um, she also asked, you know, they talked about needing this blood. And, of course, they killed Jereen for it and so on. But the boy that they did the leeches on. Um, Gendry. Gendry. Does this guy have another part in the show? Does he? Is he anything else in this? You know, they used him more in the show than he was in the books. And when Davos put him on that rowboat and sent him off, I have no idea. I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, book knowledge I could give you to tell you where he is because I don't know. Yeah, I, I was kind of curious about that. Um. Ashley says this was one of the best episodes by far, even considering last week. Um, I'm really surprised that people are upset about this. I think people should know from the show that they are going to stretch the boundaries or even break boundaries when it comes to visual and audio scenes to create more shock value. That is the reason we have so much feedback on all these shows as well as outrage and so on. I think this is what makes the show better. Do you think that the show will escalate this? Your thoughts? Um, maybe not to the point of burning a small child again, but there's going to be some more big moments. That's for sure. You know, some more horrific stuff. I mean, and not all the horrific stuff happens, has to happen to good people. You know, I hope something horrific happens to Ramsey, you know, and I hope they show it, you know, I'm not, I'm not just some bloodlusty dude, but there's some people I want to see some horrible shit happen to. And there's some people I don't want to see hurt too, you know. You know, I think we've seen a lot of good people go down already. You want to see them start to make the climb up, you know. But knowing this show may not be the case. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Knowing this show, anybody you're dying for something bad to happen, you got to wait five seasons for it. I.e., Cersei. Um, <laughs> other than that, you're not going to get that quintessential revenge, that redemption. You know, I've complained about it before this season. You know, it's just just so rare, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, out of ten deaths, one is one that you're pumping your fist about because it's redemptive or revenge or it rights a wrong or anything of that nature. So uh, I hate to say it, but I don't see Ramsey, Roos, or any of those kind of situations get what they need coming, you know. If anything, <laughs> Theon dies or, you know, Sansa, you know, tries to – 
stab homeboy and actually takes it in the gullet. You know, just, they'll, they'll twist it where you'll be like, <gasps> you, know, you know, no, they did not. No, they did not. Where does D&D live? I'm going to go beat their ass, you know. Um, yeah, that and that's going to be more shock factor because that's going to create more of a outrage and more feedback and people talking than, oh yeah, finally got what he won. Moving on, you know. I yeah, mean, my thoughts. That's, that's just me. any press is good press, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, think about the last two episodes. I mean, dang. I mean, the most press we've got is, uh, you know, Sansa situation, and now this one with the, you know. Shereen getting burned. That's just, whew. I mean, that's the outrage gets carries more than anything about how much they love the show, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of the feedback is I'm reading over a lot of these is very redundant talking about how they like this. The burning scene was brutal to watch. Could they have done it differently? Different thing, you know? I'm going to go ahead and move away from that. Yeah, let's just move on. Um, Recommendations. We've been we foregoed that in the last once or twice. You got anything uh, juicy this week you want to put on the recommendation before we wrap the show? Well, I'm a, I'm just gonna reiterate one. I'm much further into Daredevil now. Uh, I'm actually like episode nine now. It's fantastic. It has gotten nothing but better. It has gotten better and better and better. Very impressed with what they're doing. Read so. something about that that they have cast Bullseye. Ooh. For I believe the next season, and can you guess who it is? As long as it's not Colin Farrell, ball he is bald, does a lot of you know kicking and Jason kick. Statham. Jason Statham, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, all I had to say was bald. And really? <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, well, there's only two bald actors now. That's Kari Stoll, who's in like everything now. Yeah. And uh, Jason Statham. Yep. A whole wild card himself, yes. Uh, he's Eesh. going to be a bull's a bullseye. Supposedly. Transporter or bullseye. Yes, there you Crank. go. So I thought that was a little interesting tidbit about your show that I was going to – I figured you might mention it again. Well, that's good. I, I got no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything. What do you call it? TV's been light and I've been kind of busy, so we'll just leave it at that. Um I think all we got left is going to go to spoilers and uh, preview breakdown. And so uh, I think we're going to call it a wrap for this show. Uh, guys, we're going to play some music. And afterwards, we'll, if you want to stick around and listen to our PG spoiler section and preview breakdown, uh, we got a good preview on this one for the season finale. Um, if not, uh, keep hitting us up. We're at, at Bleed TV um, Podcast on Twitter, uh, Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail um, on the email. Uh, hit us up and uh, we'll mention you, give you props. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but other than that, we're going to call it. Uh, and this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And we're out. All right, we're back. Um Let's go right to the preview, bro. Um, you know, wasn't no problem getting the preview this week. Occasionally, I've had to record the show after on my DVR to make sure I get the preview because they run over. But not this week. Fifty-three minutes again. <laughs> um, the f- opening part of the preview it shows Marine and as you see Tyrion, Dario, and Jorah all sitting there, kind of out of breath on the stairs of. Uh, um, it's like the throne room. Yeah, the throne room. Uh, like they're waiting on something, you know. Um, like a quick flash of that, and then it goes right to uh, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with all that? I mean, basically, it looks like to me the Unsully 
are almost wiped out. Uh, her and the dragon were, you know, they made it out. And they obviously, Tyrion and Dario and uh, Jorah made it out. Uh, does this mean curtains for Marine? Does that mean is that all she wrote of her uh, power and ability there? I mean, can't meet curtains yet. I mean, she's got to come back to lead them out, I would assume. Um, but I, I hope so. I hope it's time for, you know, the last Targaryen to be heading it, you know, her way to Westeros. Yeah. You know, but I mean, she's got a lot to, to tie up. I mean, she's got two dragons chained in a basement. We don't know what their temperament's going to be. You know, when she pulls them out, if she'll be able to deal with them at all. Um, not to mention her, all her people that she would have to move. And, you know, is Marine in any state to be left alone or is it just going to fall back into you know, slavery, you know, slavery and horrific conditions and whatnot? So I'm well, hoping you, they, you, you say her people, who's going to go with her if she leaves? Well, I mean, I realize they're not showing a lot of stuff, but you gotta assume she has a lot of slaves on her side, you know? I know some of them aren't, but and she's got the Dothraki and the Unsullied, and uh, Dario has uh, cell swords, you know, under him. So she has people, a lot fewer people than she did, but we'll see. I mean, that's just going to play itself out because I I don't know for sure. I mean, where does her story go from here? Well, I mean, eventually it has to come to Westeros, where she fulfills her destiny yeah you know but i i feel like she has a little bit more work to do in marine to gather all her people you know like she did in young kai with a a group that kind of is a democracy over you know that city maybe she can do that in marine yeah you know get moving i'm ready to wrap up marine it seems like every time that she tries to do something to create a stronghold it, it totally bites her in the ass yeah it can um goes right to where it says john sitting in a chair and you hear sam say what are you gonna do you know and evidently he's got a big decision to make um i don't you know i don't know where john you know wraps up from here either you know i don't I, i'm trying to think i mean he's had some monumental moments here what kind of decision you think is he contemplating well, I think John's battle's only just begun, really. I mean, he sees what he's up against now, you know. I think it's got to be something to do with preparing the wall for what he knows is coming now. Well, it could be a situation where he, him and um, Davos meet. Or, yeah, if Davos makes it to him in this one and episode. And Davos is like, I need this, this, and this. And he's like, I've seen what's coming. We're not giving away yeah, anything. We need our food. We need our horses. You know. Yeah, that that fight you're about to fight means nothing compared to what's been to be coming across this wall. Yeah, you know. But I, I'll be honest with you, I think the White Walker thing we're we're not going to see any more of that this season. I don't. You know, I think that's uh, we've got a huge bite of the pie on that, but um, we're no. You know, I don't. We don't have to. No, I'm okay I, with not. Yeah, I think they it gave showed, us enough. It, it just showed the importance of something we hadn't seen in such a long time. Yeah. You know? Um, and then it shows uh, Cersei, and you know she—you can tell in the scene she's kneeling. She's not in her cell, 
and she's talking about you know and it's like lonely afraid and so on i am i am totally seeing her confessing to get out of a jail cell that's what it's looking like to me very possible very possible um it just it it definitely looks like we're about to go down that road where she's realizing she has no zero allies and the king is yeah useless brought low yeah um you know, and while that scene's going on, you hear Jamie's voice in the background saying, you know, we have to choose who we love you know, or by choosing who you love or something like that. So you can definitely tell they're going to come to a conclusion with whatever's going to happen with her this next episode. I think that's going to be a part of the big season finale. You think Jamie, Jamie will be in King's Landing? No. Okay. I think that was just... That's probably her audio was put in there to show that, you know, they're their love is going to be exposed for what it is. If anything, it could, cr- it could create a ripple effect of danger for everybody. It's probably him talking to uh, his daughter, you right. know, and they just kind of dub it over. Yeah. Well, it's just like when, you know, the last preview, they were like, you know, sh- uh, your allegiance or die. You he think she's talking to Jamie. Yeah, But yeah. you don't realize it's actually talking to the mistress. Um, and then you see Melisandre, and she's standing in front of icicles, and they're melting. And she says, the Lord of Light has made good on his promise. So that makes me instantly believe that the cold winter is disappearing. And the men are rejuvenated in battle. Because then you see Stannis walk out and pull his sword from a sheath. So we're definitely going to be meeting Winterfell. We're definitely going to be... You know, I don't know. I, I think you have to. I mean, if you've gone this far and as fast paced as they're going, we're going to have to see them at the gates. Do we actually see a battle? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I think mainly we're going to get a uh, just a massive. I mean, it'd be involved with a battle too, but just a big disturbance, you know, because I think of the characters that are involved. Yeah, you're going to have Roos and Stannis. And Ramsey and stuff, but you gotta also think about the people inside. Like you think you gotta think about Sansa and Theon and uh Miranda and those type of characters. What are they doing when the battle's going on? Well, so, and that, the wild card of Brienne. And then you got Brienne and Pod yeah. hanging out. So. <clears throat> there that that's the wild card of the next episode. Because you think if Brienne all of a sudden sees a military force attacking Winterfell, at first glance you would think she'd be like, Good. You know, that's reinforcing. As soon as she sees his banners, it's going to be But if she on. sees his banner, then it's going to be like seeing red, Scarface style, you know. I have. This is an excuse to go protect Sansa. I'm going to kill this son bitch. And get what I want. <laughs> exactly. He's killing two birds with one stone. Um, then you see a quick scene of Arya, and she's repeating the line, I am no one, I am no one. And she's in the Hall of Faces. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm I hope assuming, they go somewhere with this. You know, I'm thinking that she's going to put on a face and pretend to be a little girl prostitute and be the next you know, one. That Trent was something I was in. wondering about when he was like too old, too old. But he saw what he said to the lady. He said, "Have a fresh one for me tomorrow." Right. So he, she, oh yeah, the door is open. She knows where he's going to be. You know, so I feel like that could be the direction they're going. Yeah, use that poison on what she wanted. Or maybe that's just too obvious and they're doing something else. It, it is. It's convenient, that that key word. Um, 
And then there's a voice, I do not recognize it, as the preview goes on, and somebody says, you betrayed her. Didn't catch what it was symbolizing, who, what, where. I'm thinking it's got something to do with Davos, Stennis, something, I don't know. I can't think of some other female being betrayed. It's too early for Davos. Like, how could he get to the wall and back, you know? I don't know. He betrayed her. I'm trying to think of a female character that's getting betrayed. Could be Sansa. Could be... Maybe. Could be. I mean, it could be. I don't know. We'll see. No reason to look that hard into it. No. Um, And then it closes the preview with Sansa. And she has this line where she says, if I'm going to die, I'm at least going to die with part of me. You know, you know, as me or whatever. I don't know the exact how it line how she said it, but at least I'm gonna die as being while I still have some fight in me or something or, like yeah, that. While, yeah, while the fight still it's like saying like I'm not completely turned into Theon. I'm still who I am. I'm gonna die as who I am instead of right. Or she looks like she might be going on some kind of suicide mission. Yeah, maybe that corkscrew gets it into play. Let's hope she gets the bung hole. Yeah, she. Uh, as Dario would say, put it where the, there is no muscle. Yeah. <laughs> or or put it where the muscle is. And hurt him really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, predictions. What do you think is going to happen next episode? Season finale. I think we're going to get the Winterfell. I think we're going to get Brienne having to make a really tough decision on whether or not to attack Stannis or protect Sansa. Um. I think we're going to get a lot of Winterfell. This is really what I'm predicting. I think it's 50-50. I think Winterfell is half episode. I think King's Landing is the other half. And then I'll say that too. I think the other thing is going to be King's Landing. It's going to be Cersei. I mean, it looks like she's confessing. Yeah. You know, and to get herself out of the jail cell. So I can see, you know, probably some Kevin Lannister, probably some King Tommen, see what's going on with him. And then we're going to figure out what the High Sparrow has planned for her. Uh, we know. You already know what's coming. Yeah. Because it was spoiled for us with the the long walk and stuff like that. Yeah. So, the walk of shame is definitely upon us. So I'm sure we'll get that. And that might even be the, How the show closer wraps. to the Yeah, you know, it could very well be. Just, you know, her naked um, ass walking out of the city and then being left just completely stranded. And that's all she wrote. So we'll see. But uh, do you think we see anything with Danny next week? I think, like I said, we're going to get a little conversation between Jorah, Dario, and Tyrion on the throne room, like you're saying. Like, where do we do now? Um, his Dar's dead. You know, who's in charge right now? That type of deal. Like, if there is still some harpy problems going on in the city, they're going to be like, can we even leave the pyramid? What are we doing? You know, if it wasn't his Dar that was controlling the harpies, then who? You know? So, but I look forward to seeing those three guys as a combined force making right. decisions. Right? Does Jorah come? You know, tell a secret? I don't think so. I think it'd be foolish if he did. I don't think he don't just think got so. it back into the inner circle. We better not do something that makes him ruin that. Yeah, I, you know, I hold out hope for Jorah. I think Jorah's going to be... Coming from the bastard who says, he's dead already. He's dead already. Yeah, I know. I mess with you about that type of stuff, but I really do like Jorah's character. I really like the actor. He just just knocks it out of the park. Yeah. So I hope to see him 
you know, either have some awesome heroic moment because he knows he's going to die, that he does something that really turns the tide because he knows he can and he knows he's going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to end up a stone man, you know? Yeah, he don't want that to be his legacy. No so doubt. hopefully I, I, we get something like that where Jorah really gets to go out, you know, like a boss. Well, or he can just go ahead and cut his arm off, you know, at the forearm. And I don't think that's Go saves stubby. Him. I don't think that saves him. Remember Dead Alive? The bite. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Um, I'm with you. I think we'll get a little, t- I think we're going to get a little bit of a, almost everything. Even though I think we're going to, majority of the show is definitely going to be Winterfield and Stannis and the other part, you know, King's Landing. But I think we I think you're about right. I think we're really going to hit on about damn near everything. Yeah, we're going to touch everything just a little bit. Some things a little bit more. But we've got to. you got to, you got to have those hanging sensation when the season's over to have that drool for next season. I will predict that I think Arya is going to kill Man Trent, and I think she's going to get in a lot of trouble for it. You think she's going to get caught and busted? No, I think she's going to get in trouble with Jack and Hagar. Okay, so you think she's going to damage her learning. I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because then it, that proves that she's not a no one, that she still has that personal well, affection. It proves she's not ready. It proves she's still Arya, you know, and can't let go of that. And, you know, if the thin man is still alive, then, you know, that means more people are dying in his place, you know, as far as the faceless God is concerned, you know. Right. So, I I, I think that's going to happen. I think Arya's going to be going to have a big setback. You know. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, really curious to see how Brienne's part unfolds. Really curious to see how that. Um, you know, I kind of, like I said, we kind of know how Cersei's going to roll, but I'm really curious to see what the other parts of um, King's Landing are going. You know, are we going to see anything else, you know, unfold? Are we going to see any type of trial? Are we going to see anything, how that proceeds? Any of that kind of stuff. You know, how does, but what about Marjorie? What about, you know, the other parts of that? And what's going to happen with them? So there's a lot going on in King's Landing that I'm curious to see how it's going to roll. I really, I mean, I think this episode could be an hour and a half if they wanted to. They could make it two hours if they, because there's so much to put in there. Um, I see this probably going to be the longest episode of the series. I hope so. I hope so. There's no doubt. They need to do, definitely do some makeup. You got any book comparisons this week? Uh, we pretty much talked about all of them, really. Um, there's one thing I will say. The part where Danny grabs Miss Sandy's hand and like kind of closes her eyes and almost seems like he she's calling to Drogon or something. Yeah, I get that vibe. You know, that is not how it happens in the book, okay? It's actually a surprise that Drogon shows up at all in the thing because what happens is Drogon smells the blood flowing in the arena and comes to get him some. Okay. What it is is there's this awesome chick pit fighter. And she's a real badass, but she's fighting a massive wild boar. It's her versus a boar. You know, basically she has I think she has a spear Versus the boar, right? And Where uh, is this? Yeah. I mean, this would have been cool. Right. Yeah, That's what I'm no saying. The, the spectacle, you know, could have been cooler. Um, oh, trust me. Tyrion and Jorah, they were in the bottom 
getting ready to throw it out there, Tyrion was going to be chased by lions. They were going to let the dwarves out and then let the lions loose and chase them around. And Danny called that off. Said no lions, no dwarves. That's what saved Tyrion. So we didn't get that either, obviously. Well, so evidently Tyrion is not her. Tyrion right has hand. not. No, Tyrion has not spoken to Danny yet in the books. So, so that's a difference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we've talked about that type of stuff. Yeah, it's I not, got you. Um, but yeah, Drogon lands because the the boar gets the best of the chick. You know, she thinks she's got him all of a sudden, and then the gores are like right in her rib cage and just pouring blood out of her and stuff. And Drogon comes down, kills the boar, and then starts eating her. And that's when like people start freaking out, and the pit fighters come in. They start throwing spears at Drogon and he's just lighting them on fire and tearing them apart and stuff like that and Danny actually walks out there and Jorah tries to stop her and she brushes him off goes out there in front of Drogon Drogon just blows flame and burns Danny uh like burns all her hair off basically and like some of her skin and stuff like that and she still jumps on his back and takes off so the rumor that Danny can't be burned is false. Huh. Okay. So the harpy, not even part of the story. No, the harpy is, but it's not taken care of in the pits like it was in this show. Huh. Okay. So that, that's a big twist in my mind. That's a, that's an interesting... I think the show did a cooler version of it as far as the harpies are concerned because I really like the scene where... You see how many of them are in the stands and stuff. But the spectacle of the games and Drogon coming in because he smells the blood and stuff like that was kind of cooler in the books. Yeah. You know, and, and it shows Drogon being a little less controllable. Because like I said, he's just blowing flames all over the place and burns Danny up a little bit. And uh, you know, and then she hops on his back. Well, I think she could be burned. I thought, well, you know, that, that kind of goes against what... A- no, no. And George R. R. Martin has had has had to come out and talk about this because a lot of people think because she's called the unburnt and she went into the flames and the dragons were born. That was all the blood magic thing. Just like the witch pulled on her and messed up Cal Drogo. She just did the opposite with her. She took the life of her to put the life in her dragons. You understand? Mm-hmm. And that's why that was all blood magic. It wasn't anything to do with her Targaryen, you know, blood and stuff like that. So that was a one-time deal because of the magic and stuff, okay? Gotcha. But the show did a poor job of really leading you into that because even in the first episode, you see her walk into a scalding hot like spa and the, like, the lady runs over and says, Oh, it's, it's Daenerys, it's too hot. And she just like walks right into it and, you know, and sits down and stuff. So the show's playing it up a little more than it's it's told in the book. Yeah, I mean the show makes you feel like she can't be burned. No, but she she can be. So, but in the show, Drogon doesn't, you know, hit her with a little bit of fire, so we don't know yet for sure. So, I hear you. Heats her up a little bit, huh? Yeah, give it a little. <laughs> was a Changes her due for. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Sear, seared her. I hear you. I hear you. But I'm a, yeah, That's all I'm gonna talk about. The rest of the stuff we pretty much hit on. So I got you. Well, man, I can't believe it's been nine episodes already. Got one left. It's crazy yeah. how fast the season's rolled. And it's a great season. It's got to yeah. be one of the top. You know, it's kind of sad. 
Um, <laughs> but guys, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be back next week, and we're gonna be uh, remote potting next week. We're gonna be down there in lovely beach vacation and uh, potting from a from a beach next week. But we're gonna get that season finale in there, and uh, hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing and listening and. Uh, keep hitting us with that feedback. Uh, we're loving every minute of it. You know, at Play TV Podcast on Twitter and uh, Play TV Podcast uh, Gmail. Um, other than that, bro, I ain't got nothing else. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. Let's tell. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next week. Later. <laughs>